This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Happy Tuesday, Memphis. You're listening to WYXR, and this is Meanwhile in Memphis with New Memphis. I am Anna Thompson, and I have some very special coworkers with me today to co-host. Say hello, hello. Hello, hello. This is Anna Mullins-Ellis here with New Memphis. Happy to be back. Happy to have you. Hey, this is Jamie Bowler, Community Engagement Manager. Super stoked to be here. Very exciting. And we have a very, very special guest today. Everything on today's show is very, very special. Very, it's very, very <laughs> special. Say hello, hello. <laughs> Everything is doubled. I've obviously had too much caffeine. Um, so tell us a little bit about our guest today. Anna. Yeah, I am. I, I, as, as whenever you hear my voice on the radio, uh, it is because the person coming to the studio is someone that I really admire and was like, I got to be in a room to chat with them. Um, Lee Mansberg is truly at the top of my list. I got to meet Lee um, probably seven or eight years ago. We were in a leadership development class together. Um <gasps> One that's run by New Memphis. Yes. And VLDI. As I am like, I am a, um, I'm a, I'm an introvert in my, especially like in groups. I know people are like liar. Big liar. <laughs> I'm a very loud introvert. <laughs> but no, when I'm in a room of people um, that I don't know, I tend to sort of like demure and um, find the person that I'm like, I think I could maybe be comfortable talking to you. And Lee like immediately presented herself as that person because she is incredibly smart, as you guys will hear in her interview, um, but also deeply passionate about what she does and authentically so. Like she's just a person that you're like, this is not a veneer. Like this is absolutely like who this person is to the core. Um, So she was an educator for 25 plus years. When I met her, she was uh, an administrator at St. Mary's. So she was leading some amazing young girls over at St. Mary's. And she made the leap into the nonprofit world a few years ago um, to bring what is a a truly, um, I think, very thoughtful and deep understanding of of what children need (laughs) and approaching children in a, a unique way and knowing that our nonprofit community is often serving youth um, as, as as we need. So really applying, I think, um, that lens. Uh, she spent some time at Epicenter, as she'll refer to in her interview, um, helping think about the future of entrepreneurs in our community. And a few years ago, she took the lead role at Junior Achievement. Um, that is a nonprofit that you're going to hear a lot about, so I won't preempt the conversation. But um, the best thing in the world that could have happened to Junior Achievement is having Lee step in as CEO. She has led the organization through tremendous growth, um, and the 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 visual representation of that growth is a is a brand new building that they bought and renovated uh, in Binghampton. It is an incredible space. That's why I wanted her to come onto the show now to really celebrate that incredible achievement. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> and uh, talk with everybody listening about how they can be a part of this big. Vision and this exciting um, new community asset that I think everybody should both, again, celebrate, but also engage in and support. So um, that is a very long way to say Lee Mansberg is here today from Junior Achievement. So let's get her on. Yay. Good morning, Lee. Thank you very much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We could not have you with all the exciting news happening <laughs> with the new headquarters, the new building. Obviously it's just... a great time for you to be away from the office. Yes. Doing... Fabulous time. <laughs> Fabulous time for you to just duck out and have a quick chat with us. Duck out. Happy to do it. Yes. Well, thank you so much. So I am curious from the jump. So I know that Junior Achievement 
is part of a larger network of junior achievements. Correct. Correct. Okay. So in your opinion, what makes Memphis's chapter? Is it a chapter, a division, an outshoot? What? An what outshoot. About, yeah. <laughs> limb. A limb. Um, <laughs> a, it, yeah. it is uniquely, um, it is what makes ours really wonderfully different is that it's purely this region in the Mid-South. So it features art, the decor. It is, it's as if it grew out of the soil. Um, we actually have the river and the carpet. There's all of these touches to bring the region to the children of the region so they can see what they're a part of. And so they actually, it, I taught English forever. And so there's a idea in, when you teach literature called magical realism. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really kind of infused my thinking when I worked with our designers about creating a more magical version of the region that would get 10 and 11 and 12 year olds super excited to jump into the real one. Ooh. So we we've, we're referencing the the new space, obviously. But before we jump into what's new, we give the listeners just a baseline. What is Junior Achievements Mission? How do you live that out? What are the programmings, uh, program offerings, and and who's the audience? Sure. So Junior Achievements Mission is kind of in the Seinfeld School. It's not enough to get the reservation; you have to keep it. And so it really. <laughs> It really aligns with New Memphis. It's about our talent and our citizenry and making sure we have this vibrant pipeline of citizens who want to be a part of our economy. We do that through financial literacy education, workforce education, and entrepreneurship education. So what our goal is to develop programs to make sure that our children enter into our economy on their terms. So we want every child to be able to live a life of choice. So we have programs, kindergarten through 12th grade that are going to prepare, equip, and empower the children to be able to do that. Very awesome. Yes, I I think um, I often describe junior achievements work as like the step back in the pipeline to New Memphis's work. We're trying to um, give people the information that they need to make great decisions. We're trying to help them fall in love with Memphis. I actually read a newsletter that um, Junior Achievement sent out today with a beautiful letter from you. Yes, and I I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but um, you said, you know, you that teachers are used to pouring into students and that the outcome of that work is often, you know, it, it comes to fruition years later when that person does something amazing for their community. And I think that's really when I think about what New Memphis does, I sort of jokingly say, we don't do anything. (laughs) We are just connecting, we're empowering, we're developing. But um, I I love that that is happening at an even younger age because it's such a... It's such a key time in a young person's life when um, they're being asked to dream big for their own future. And um, anyway, I just love how much you're making things, making the possible real for them. Um, And I think very tangible ways, even though it is make-believe, as you said. So in terms of the, the way in which you do this work... Tell us about the new space. Um, so bringing kids to this incredible new facility, the, the programming that you have there. So the new space is we work in partnership with school districts. We actually cover a 26-county footprint. So we go to Jackson, Mississippi, to Jonesboro, Arkansas, to Jackson, Tennessee. So everything in between, and 12 of those counties are West Tennessee. So our biggest service area is West Tennessee, Crittenden, and DeSoto counties are our biggest areas of service. Um, and this new space is 
is in the middle of the Binghampton community, which mm-hmm. we so badly, when we determined we needed a new home, said we need to be where the children are, where the schools are. We need to literally be at the epicenter of the region. So we kind of have a Charlotte's Web kind of moment. Like we think this new space is right in the is dead smack in the middle of our footprint. Um, it's just We've got access from I-40 dead ends into our new building, and we're on bus lines. So we dealt with the accessibility issues. So the two things when I started three and a half years ago at Junior Achievement were equity and accessibility. How can we make sure that every child has access to these programs? And that comes all the way down not only to the ability to participate through their districts, but the transportation to get there. And how do we participate? I know y'all are having big conversations around transportation. The whole community is because you can't go to work if you can't get there. And so we're trying to model the best of all worlds in this new space. Awesome. So what will will this new space mean for your programming? What will it you know, what are you excited about? You know, what will it allow you to do? So, you know, that moment when like it allows us to do a lot of things, but that <laughs> moment, you know, when you're at a wedding and the groom sees the bride for the first time, like, when she, right, you're making that face. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, Jamie just got married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> oh, thanks, well, thanks. this is what it's like for the children. Mm. So oh. they've had such a hard few years. When you walk in our building, you walk in through an exhibit called Gateways to Opportunity and you turn the corner and then you you see this simulation space that is just out of this world their face like it's jaw like literally jaw dropping their jaws drop and they're like wah and <laughs> like we built this is for you and so what we are experiencing is an unbelievable demand so volunteer 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 we're going to come back to that <laughs> we are So we served about 15,000 children without a building last year, and we were projecting 25,000 this year with our new capacity. We think that number is about to exponentially shoot beyond that. Um, We're now a rental venue, not rental like, well, I guess we could do a wedding, but if my COO is listening, (laughs) yes, we could do a wedding. But it's not really what I want to do. It's about leveraging the pipeline. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see organizations like Light Memphis is going to start working out of our business building. We're hosting so many community conversations. I'm working like 14 hours a day. It's really fun, though, because (laughs) that's what it's for, for everybody to come together to say, let's build this thing. So we're really excited. So obviously, we're not on a visual medium, but um, give us just an audio tour of what happens when a kid walks in the space. I'm sure many people listening remember going to Junior Achievement or their version of Junior Achievement where they grew up because it is sort of universal, this experience of going and sort of exploring a little town. But I think the one that you've built is is the best. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And as, as you said, so. like very distinctly reflects not just our community in terms of the river and the arts and sort of the way that this community feels, but um, the representation of, of actual businesses that are going to be, you know, hiring young people over the next decade. So just tell us a little bit about, if you were to walk into the space, what would you see? Oh, I'll paint this picture because I had to sell the space for a really long time without space. So when children get in, so imagine school buses pull up to the front door. It is a hollowed out grocery store that we turned into a theater set that is actual the town. So start picturing Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. When they go to the make-believe land, you know, when they go back Mm -hmm. into that world with the little train, train. (laughs) and so the school buses pull up. We never do a program. All of our education is called Capstone Education. It is 
the children don't come to us in any of our programs until they have worked with their teachers to prepare. So instead of a test, we're going to play to cement the learning. So for BizTown and Finance Park, the two programs in the new building, the school buses pull up. About 100 to 120 children, they will have all spent 12 hours preparing for their teachers. So for BizTown, they have... Um, they have spent time learning how to run their city, getting assigned jobs at real businesses. 20 real rep- businesses are represented in the building that are partners with New Memphis. And everybody knows these companies, FedEx, Oracle Hardware, Regions Bank, First Horizon, Smith & Nephew. You get goes the picture. On and yeah. on. <laughs> so they're, they're the CEOs, the CFOs. They're going to take a loan at the bank. They have to deliver paychecks. The children have to get properly banked. They have checking accounts. They spend money. They can have they have debit cards assigned to them. The CFOs are running payroll. They are running a city. They will elect a mayor. They will register to vote. So the school buses par- pull up. There are 30 volunteers welcoming them when they get there. They enter in and when they look to their right, they see a space by Truist Bank called JA What's Next, which is all about how we train you once you're in high school, how you upskill, how you get ready to join all these high growth, high wage careers that are on their way to the Mid-South. It's also where we train teachers um, doing this work of saying that teachers are the first line of economic development. So the kids truck their, thank you. (laughs) The kids truck their way in. They go to gateways to opportunity where a mural's getting installed. 32 feet by 12 feet in this summer by children are creating it oh. called I Can See My Future, oh. where every career, black, brown, Latino, Asian, woman, man, will be with mirrors installed so children but you can't become what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So they're going to see themselves in there. So they walk through this hallway. We've got like pump up grizzlies, dun, 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 dun. They come in, they turn the corner, and they're in a city. And the city is filled like literally with storefronts. There's the Mississippi River in the carpet. There's a town hall at the far end that's lifted up a few feet with a podium for the mayor. Um, And there are storefronts. There's Feed Your Soul Cafe. There's Startup Park by FedEx. And they go, they are dressed up as young business people, bow ties, lipsticks, buns. They're ready to go. (laughs) And they get busy for five hours. They run this city. And the volunteers are there as their guides to show them how. Like I was working with Fogelman Properties. And the young man didn't know how to take measurements of a space because he's the leasing agent for the other tenants hmm. in the building. And we have a facilities repair people. So if something breaks, the, you call Fogelman, who's your leasing agent, to come take care of your property. So this is what happens in our world. They get lunch breaks. We bring in area entrepreneurs to feed them. There's art exhibits everywhere. Hmm. And then it's just fun. Gosh. And there you go. Now, and we have an a beautiful classroom. picture. I was like, That's, I know. And so how, how old are these kids for the most part that you work with? The BizTown children are coming. They're in fifth and sixth grade, so okay. 10, 11, 12. And for Finance Park, that's mostly seventh graders, okay. 13 years old, 12 and 13. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. So it's like everything I love about the Children's Museum, but like, Yeah. Steroids. Yeah, like leveled up a <laughs> yeah. little bit. We leveled up. We, now we turn the Children's Museum into the game of life. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. 
These kids probably show up more like professional looking than than I do to my regular work day. (laughs) It makes me so excited though, because what I loved again about the children's museum as a child was getting to like press the buttons on the cashier thing in the grocery, because like, that's what looked so exciting to me. But so to be an absolute thrill, check out, I'm like, to be able able to do that with other careers and to actually have that experience and that training going into it. um, That's really exciting. I'm curious what success looks like for a lot of the kids that come through, whether it's BizTown or Finance Park or any of the other kind of ways that you're enabling children to be the future of Memphis. Um, what yeah, the, how, how are you measuring measures? that? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of different programs that we're starting and measurement benchmarks that we're creating. And the first thing we have to all remember as a community is we have to meet children where they are without judgment and say, how can I get that child to what's next? For that child. So they're taking one step further than they thought they could go. Not every child doesn't need to take 20 steps further. Just get them to the next step in a way that fits and works for that child. So the audacious question that we're trying to answer is what if every eighth grader went to high school saying, I know why I want to go to high school. I know what the resources are in my community. I know what high school will help me get there. And I understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we have a habit of trying to force our children to sprint to their futures and saying, whoa, slow down, get your certifications, understand your community resources. So K-8, our goal is to say, who's ready for high school? Why are you going? And how will you use it? What's your hope? What's your dream? And I know how to get there. Hmm. We spend, we have about 5,000 children enrolled in our high school experiences, which are all about skills-based. Okay, I know why I'm here. Now I want to make sure I have the skills to get the future that I want. So we're studying that by really concentrating. We can't do it with all of our children, but Can we get the reservation going back to that quote and keep it? (laughs) So if a child uses JA and experiences JA kindergarten through eighth grade every year, that is 108 hours of financial literacy and workforce preparedness for that child. Wow. See, that's a number to think about. So what we know is Cape Bond Elementary and Middle, which is a huge school system, close to Bartlett over by the Galleria, they're enrolled in all of our programs K-8. So my hope is that we can keep them coming so that we can start to see how do each of those children for our eighth graders with one year, seventh graders will get it for two. By the time those kindergartners come up, they will have had nine years of junior achievement. How are So this is a longitudinal study we're doing yeah. to say, how do they feel about their high school differently than those who had a shorter time span. Mm. So we're really excited. We have a new um, director of site-based learning who specializes in data um, that will really be able to help us wrap around this because you're only as good as what your data says you're doing. <laughs> True, and you have to be able to read that data and then apply it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, you know, we, yeah. we experience the same challenges here at New Memphis because, again, sometimes the, the payoff for that investment in a person can take years, if not decades, to see, like, this is, you know, right. watching that person, as you said, get to high school with intention, graduate from high school, potentially go on to a post-secondary. And then, you know, for us, we're like, and then where are they working in Memphis when they're 25 is is the metric that we're looking at. Um, so just thinking about, I mean, obviously you guys are doing incredibly important and big work. Um, I'm curious how you think about, you, you mentioned helping young people become aware of the resources that exist for them. And I know, you know, the trying to tackle economic development, workforce development, poverty abatement in our Memphis youth in general 
there are many partners in that work um, and many people doing um, and, you know, running incredible projects that are trying to tackle that. Are there important collaborators alongside junior achievement and who are they and sort of how do you guys align your strategies and sort of help students find the sort of 360 value and everything that this community can do to support them? Absolutely. That's a great question. So our two... Two of our key student-serving partners are Light Memphis, mm. um, because that third pillar of ours is entrepreneurship education. So we work very closely with them. We work closely with Code Crew. We we meet all of the time. We're constantly we work on grants together because we're all and we always welcome in additional partners. Um, Epicenter is a tremendous partner with us because essentially, Epicenter is sitting there ready for bank-ready students to come out mm. with entrepreneurship ideas that are investable because the future of Memphis is waiting for the next FedEx, waiting for the next Oracle, waiting for the next, all of these amazing Memphis-grown businesses. And that's how you build an economy and getting those tools in the hands of a more diverse population. Um, so one of my favorite, when I served as Chief Operating Officer for Epicenter, you know, that's what I missed working with children. I was like, oh, we just need baby Epicenter down here. And <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I got this. I, you know, I like to do that. So um, we welcome any and all partners. The University of Memphis has been tremendous. CBU, you know, one of our biggest partners is CCTE Department at Memphis Shelby County Schools. Mm. We meet with them all of the time. Um, the joke out there, I was on their radio station just last week, was um, Phil Dotson, who's my key partner in that work. We play the game of improv comedy, yes and. <laughs> like, nobody's allowed to say either or, but no, we don't say any of that. Just make it happen. So we've had a really good time making that happen and doing that work together. Awesome. So something I was curious about when I was researching some of the work and the numbers behind junior achievement in Memphis was, um, I know I asked you a minute ago about like what success looks like. And I know that in a lot of ways, just like for the kids, it's a marathon and not a sprint for y'all in the data. It's a marathon and not a sprint. <laughs> so true. Um, I'm curious about what you have found to date. If you have found anything about where kids are going, I'm, I don't know, in, I'm going to word this wrong, but, um, the ladder of debt that I feel like we're getting at, like where college was the expectation or master's degrees were the expectation or doctorates or whatever it looks like. Um, I know you said that not every kid needs to run 20 steps. They just need to run. How do you develop programming though for that can be so flexible? It's a great question. Big question. Um, it's about recognizing what a child needs and acceptance of that child. So holistic, all-encompassing statements like every child needs to do X or every child needs to do that X. What we want, and as a parent, what you want for your children is to thrive outside of your home. And so our, we have to ask, does every child have the tools to thrive outside of their home and lead lives of purpose? So it is about not putting a brand on what what is good for some is not good for all, but we need to recognize and celebrate what's good for one should be celebrated. And, you know, we spend a lot of time kind of vilifying the vocational area yeah. when we are now reaping the, um, 
I don't know what the word would be. We are reaping what we sowed, essentially, by vilifying that. We are now seeing our world in an incredible lack of skilled careers that we desperately need because we put in the implication that the only thing to do was to get a four-year degree with a master's. I mean, that was the world in which I grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And so if you didn't do those things, you were failing. So here is your runner-up job. And it was never seen as a career. Well, how rude and inconsiderate and mm-hmm. um, not, re- you know, not celebrating what built this country in the first place. Yeah. So we, what we do is we lift that up. And some of our, that's why we have this program called JA Our Neighbors, that for our children, when you come into the building, it's one of the most special places. The Power and Tell family made this possible. And the art just went up into it. It's the art of the Ch- Carpenter Art Garden. The children mm-hmm. went out into the community and photographed the community because pejorative language about neighborhoods or careers is what hurts our economy. When children use terms like a bad neighborhood or a it career, well, people are happy in those careers and their families are thriving. So, you know, when we can build this beautiful language about embracing that and celebrating community and celebrating all careers, we start to lift up. So all of our programs do that. All of our volunteers are schooled and trained to recognize that so that we can, so that children feel seen and celebrated for really exciting choices that can help them lead lives of meaning. Wow. It's a complicated, you know, we at New Memphis, obviously we are focused on talent, um, we used to say college-educated talent, um, knowledge economy, and that definition, I think, is expanding mm-hmm. pretty precipitously yep. um, for what it means to be a quote-unquote professional. Um, and, you know, we beat the drum of it is very important that when we think about economic development in Memphis, we're not just thinking about one kind of work, you know? And I think we have a tendency as a community to get – uh, sort of tunnel vision about, well, we, we can only have warehouses in Memphis. We can only, you know, we, we're known for moving things when in right. fact, you know, a, a company like FedEx that yes, moves, you know, tons of cargo around the globe also have high level professionals in every, you know, every function here sitting in Memphis. And, um, when we talk about young people, I, you know, I think you, you said it perfectly, which is you, you don't want to have young people, or adults feel like this is your only option. And to make all of the options, one, accessible, but also paying livable wages and like being treated by a community with respect and by their employer. And to watch, again, you know, specifically as manufacturing becomes increasingly technology-focused, like the kinds of skills that this workforce needs is not the same as it was 10 years ago. And it's exciting to see our community, I think, you know, arguably, finally, sort of open its eyes and say, these are all, one, very important professions, two, professions that deserve a living wage, and more than a living wage, Frank, you know, when we look at, like, what that actually means for Mm -hmm. a a single person or a family of four to live in this community with the current costs, um, I just think it's, you know, I I have, (laughs) and this is, you know, I will hear often people say, well, college isn't for everyone. But that person is never talking about the student body at MUS. You know, every parent at MUS is like, college is for all of these kids. And so, I, you know, I think it's important that we say, like, it's not that college is for certain people and not for certain people. It should be available to everybody. It should be accessible, as should a decision to pursue a career that, you know, as, a, as an artist or an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or a trade worker, I mean, all of those things have value. And I think um, as a community, we're, I think, becoming 
more coherent in how we talk about it. Well, I think that's a great point. And to use FedEx as an example and to go back to the it's a marathon, not a sprint, FedEx is, and I would wish we could get more employers doing what they've done, mm. is that you can start in one place, and we'll actually be teaching this at our career exploration. There is a journey at FedEx that makes everything possible. Mm-hmm. And it's an, and you can meet person after person after person who started in the hub, got trained in this, got trained in this, and now they're the senior vice president of IT. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. This is not a person with a college degree. This is a person who got skilled and upskilled by employers who invested in their employees. Yes. And so if we could just see that you can train and train and train and create opportunity, it will pay you back and back Exactly. And back it is a virtuous over cycle. Again. It's a beautiful cycle. And more and more people are starting to do that. You're starting to see career and college being made available. Mm-hmm. And you're also, I met with President Hargrave the other day, you know, the University of Memphis is starting to think about Southwest. All of these places are thinking about how to support one another differently. Mm. And it's so exciting to recognize that this is a really hard, long journey and an expensive one for individuals. So how can we make sure that we have supported everybody where they are? Mm-hmm. And it's just, re- it's so exciting. Every time I listen to our our university president's talk, mm-hmm. um, I've been working with Lydia Rosencrantz, the dean of the business school at CBU. They're thinking about di- things differently and partnering with us differently everybody's in a yes and moment in this community. And so it's just so fun to sit at the table at all these luncheons and like listen to them dream big and talk about their ideas. And I just soak it in and think, okay, what can I do for the kids with this? How do I bring this Mm -hmm. down to the kids? And so that's what Jay What's Next is all about is that every one of our universities, Lemoyne Owen to Rose to CBU to Memphis, they've all got new pathways they're creating. Mm -hmm. And if our kids know it and they see how to get to it, it becomes more accessible. And I think yeah. it seeps into the the ground a little bit where kids, I think, I hope, feel more valued by their community because a company like FedEx or Nike are thinking about building those kinds of pathways. I don't know. It just feels like, I agree with you. It's an exciting moment to be a Memphian. It's a great moment to be a Memphian. We just have to continue. Like, it's, it's also hard. Like, you know, yeah. uh, you say we'll talk about volunteer later. Like, our children also have to meet the people. Um have to meet the people who are doing this work because you can't become what you can't see. Mm. And so we work really hard to like almost geolocate our volunteers with our schools so that children can see that there are people from their community who are doing this work. It's very cool. Mm. It's pretty cool. Sorry, Jamie, I interrupted you. Yes. No, no, enthusiasm no. For... no I'm, oh, I'm, I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm soaking it all in. I'm <laughs> totally digging it. Um, yeah, no, I guess you, you've kind of already addressed this, but this is such a high level conversation about like workforce development and, you know, how, how do you take such big concepts and ideas and make them accessible for the kids, you know, or is it just kind of like their immersion in the programs that like, we just hope they, they this sinks in and they get it, you know, or they get some of these ideas. Like how, how do you make those accessible, I guess? Sure. So once is never enough. That's mm. number one. Okay. Is that, yeah. And, you know, I taught English forever and I would always get like eighth grade student, you know, not, I taught 10th grade and they would say, I've never seen a verbal before. And I'm like, dude, I'm chair of the English department. You've been taught verbal since you were in third grade. <laughs> no, never have. I'm like, so you have to repeat. Repeat, 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 mm-hmm. repeat over and over again. They need this. And the other part is it is a huge task and it requires, I'm very grateful for my 26 years in education. Um, 
because it gives me the ability to see the resources. So we had some children in the simulation the other day who were struggling readers. And so I needed to see the world through their eyes, not through mine. It's about them. It's not about me. So now I'm writing um, some grants and some proposals, Literacy Mid-South, another partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I called Literacy Mid-South up and I said, who are our partners? We got to solve this before we begin our program next year. Because struggling readers exist as adults throughout our community, but they still must be able to bank appropriately. They still must be able to lease an apartment appropriately. And we should make that accessible to them, whether they're a struggling reader or not. As a community, we should care. So now, talk about leveraging partners. I hope to talk to Arise to Read, Literacy Mid-South, Seeding Success. These are partners that care about this topic and say, how do we solve this for an organization that will push 10,000 children through one program? We might be able to shift a narrative. So that's how we do it. One realized opportunity, not a problem. It's an opportunity um, to solve that. Yeah, great. I love that you're letting the the behavior of the kids and the, the people you work with inform the programming and, sure. and change it, you know. If you've just now tuned in with us, you are listening to our conversation with Lee Mansberg, president and CEO at Junior Achievement of Memphis and the Mid-South, Inc. Um, And we are talking about all of the ways that Junior Achievement is impacting the Memphis and Mid-South community. Um, Something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about selfishly is the Inspire Career Exploration I love that you want to talk to me about Inspire <laughs> Exploration. I think it's one of our, it is an incredibly cool program, and thank you for asking. Inspire Career Exploration launches tomorrow. Oh. Um, we're super excited. It's the only, we don't use a career fair because no one is allowed to bring a pamphlet. No. <laughs> That should just be a life rule. (laughs) No pamphlets, please. No pamphlets, please. One, I'm not sweeping them up off the ground and no one reads them. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive. Least of all children. Least of all children. So the theme of Inspire Career Exploration is hands-on, minds open. So we are play-based learning. The reason children remember all of our learning experiences, it's hands-on. There are, I mean, we don't give a test. There's no quiz. We're the only career exploration we have a awesome curriculum. So the curriculum launches tomorrow. The children go through the curriculum and we try to make it as fluid as possible and flexible as possible for our educators. So the children can do it self-guided. They can do it blended or the teacher can lead it. It's all so it's accessible. They can do it virtually. They can hybrid do it or they can do it all in person. So we want everybody to have an option to how they do it. They do this curriculum. Then we've built out a virtual world. Our young professional board built these virtual explorations and the children have access to this virtual world along with their families. So kind of a two gen approach. Ooh, Come on. Okay. Bring it. Okay. 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 Thank you. And these virtual, this virtual exploration is based off our mass economic study that the chamber did so that the children are actually studying the economy of the region through five pathways, injury to recovery and the thousands of jobs that support that design to production. That's all this logistics and things that are created in the mid South and then how they get from here to there. Um, Studio to stadium, hello, hospitality, music, that whole industry that's driving us. And, oh no, I (laughs) forgot one of ours. JA What's Next is about all the pathway to finding it. 
and unfortunately, one of our career, oh, farm to table. There you go. I was like, it's food related. There we go, food related. But really, we need our children to understand that many areas of our country, agriculture is under threat. And this region is what I believe the next fertile crescent, that we have land everywhere, we have water everywhere. And there's a lot of racial reconciliation that can take place because there are so many high growth, high wage careers. And we want all of our children to believe you don't have to work the soil to move into this ag space. The number of PhDs, our children are blown away. It's at the Agri Center, um, are blown away. Once you've gone through the curriculum, once you've gone through the virtual world, you come to our capstone. This time we have rented out May 16th through 18th the entire agri-center. Wow. It, every one of the journeys I just described to you, the children get a passport. They actually go through and follow a yellow brick road through mm-hmm. each. You could tell I was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> each of these journeys, 4,000 eighth graders will be there. Wow. And they'll go through these journeys. They'll meet cool entrepreneurs. We make sure we're representational. You cannot become what you can't see is my lesson. So we will be supporting black and brown owned businesses to meet these very cool entrepreneurs. They're meeting DJs. They're in studio production. Um, It's just cool that we will Baptist Hospital actually sets up an operating theater. Hmm. And um, the children... We, we didn't have a single behavior problem last year, and they are just fixated. And doctors are out there. We are running it. People can't compete with this. It is so fun and cool. We run VIP. Anybody wants to come and tour. We host a free lunch to everybody. If you just want to come see what it's all about, um, we're super excited. It's really fun. Okay, so eighth graders. I was about to say, um, it sounded really cool when I read about it, but hearing you talk about it makes me even more jazzed. And I wish I was like in eighth grade and could come through it. Well, you can. You can. I was gonna say this is a great transition because we've been teasing for reasons I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We've been teasing this notion that you guys have the need for an army of volunteers when you have. 4,000 eighth graders descend upon the Agri Center, <laughs> but also it, at the actual new space where they're going through BizTown. So, you know, one of the things that I, I'm trying to do at New Memphis, we're, we're always trying to push people to engage in community in meaningful ways. Oftentimes volunteering is the thing that people think about. Um, what does that mean? Um, so I want to get into like the nitty gritty. If you are listening, you're probably an adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you probably have a job. Um, you might be thinking, wow, this, you know, Lee is very inspiring as I think. Um, oh, and maybe you. I'm interested in volunteering. Who is the ideal volunteer? What is the obligation? Try to break it down so somebody could say, yes, I can do that. Um, and I know you guys probably have many different opportunities to volunteer. So I'm going to clear the floor and let you make the pitch. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. And yes, we need an army or two of volunteers. Every time we open the building, it takes a minimum of about 18 volunteers. And so we need an army. So you first have to, as a volunteer, really kind of know what age group you work best with. We have kindergarten through 12th grade. You then need to have an employer. If you are in our kindergarten through eighth grade programs, these are typically a three to five hour commitment. So you need to take a day off work. Employers pay your employees and incentivize them to do this. You will reap the benefits. You will have a happier workplace. You will have something better to talk about over the water cooler than office (laughs) gossip. Trust me. 
Everybody loves it. Like, this is so much fun. Close your office for a day. Like, the, the, we have volunteers in, in many, many organizations that will close their offices to do this. So the middle school experience is our longer one. Inspire is a three-hour volunteer experience. JA BizTown, JA in a Day, JA Finance Park, those are five-hour experiences. You're usually pretty wiped out by the end. You could, you finish by about 1.15, 1.30. You could go back to work. I don't recommend. But <laughs> go ahead, go for it, and tell everybody how joyful it was. And in our high school spaces, for those of you who really work better with high school children, um, we that's about a one- to two-hour commitment. We have career speaker series, and our our high school students and our career our semester courses need those. But it's a really amazing experience. Um, Regions Bank, Simmons Bank, KPMG, Strategic Financial Partners, talk KP. I said KPMG Pinnacle. Talk to any of these partners. They send. 15 to 30 volunteers at a time mm -hmm. and Duncan Williams does it and their companies come out and you can really see the effect the laughter can we come back can our spouses come with us they do David Scully and wife have done a classroom to experience together um it changes the nature of your business when you do a shared volunteer experience. Your productivity will be better. Your joy will be better. You will, uh, Mike Bruns came out and spoke to my board about when he brought volunteering and rewarding employees about going out and volunteering during the day and talked about how it shifted the nature of his company mm. when he made that available. And so now my board is chomping at the bit to do that because it changes who who you are as a company when you embrace not only just junior achievement, but all of my partner organizations, let it meet the culture of your business and what you do. The next time that you're trying to pull together an office escape room, pause <laughs> and think, you know what? Thank maybe. You. No, I think that's actually, <laughs> maybe, just maybe this will be better for everyone. Well, <laughs> maybe, just maybe. You, you make such a good point about the the ancillary benefits for the employer in terms of building culture and team building and all of that. Um, so if you happen to go to junior achievement as a volunteer through your employer with a group, is it the kind of experience where you can come back multiple times? Can you come back as an individual? Tell just again, if I was like, wow, I fell in love with that. What is the, what is the need? The need is huge. We need volunteers every day, almost about October 1st through May 30th. We need volunteers every single day. We are booked. We are already booking into next year. Like this is kind of a first for us. Uh, um, really? We have days that we'll need almost 40 volunteers at a JA in a day that's booked. We have two of them booked in September. So we can Come with your company, but you can come as an individual. Um, we do require background checks for all of, because I, as a school administrator, I'm a firm believer in excellence and protecting the safety of our children. Um, and so please know that we don't do anything with that information. It's the number one. I have no desire to know, know anything about you, <laughs> but I do need to know that you're safe to be with children. But yes, you can come back as many times as you want. And um, the need is so great for us. And so you'll find a program you love. And then bring your family with you. Yeah. We, we, we do alternative spring breaks. We have all kinds of great volunteer ways to be with us. So how do I sign up? Do I go to the website? Go to the website, volunteer at jamemphis.org, or just go to the website and awesome. click that volunteer button. Is there a training that you have to complete, or is it just show up and you're going to 
point them in the right direction when they get there? We do two. One of the things that's really important to us, we do onboard, we'll onboard, which will introduce you very quickly. We do offer them all the time as just Zooms. We want you to know who we are and to believe in mm-hmm. us. That kind of matters to us. And then we do all of the trace tra- program specific training day of, and it mm-hmm. takes maybe a half an hour. It's super easy. Excellent. Super easy. Well, maybe that's what New Memphis is going to do for our next team engagement. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're on the... I mean, I, I personally love a good escape room, but I know I'm... Well, I'm in the minority. Our team is too competitive for that. (laughs) I'm too claustrophobic. Let me tell you what we will do. So a lot of companies have been doing this, and we've been offering mini ribbon cuttings for all of the companies who have storefronts. So It's so fun. So they're volunteering all day, and then Junior Achievement is hosting a party for them afterwards. So you could come and volunteer as your team-building experience, and then relax and build culture together by having some of our fun entrepreneurs that we support um, supply your food and whatever beverage choices you may want for the afternoon and just hang out in the building. It's super fun. Bring in a DJ and invite your friends to come in. We're happy to make that available. Sounds awesome. That's really sweet. And we have an outdoor classroom so you could where we can project movies and stuff. So you could do volunteering and then do like a movie night. We would love to have you do that. Well, this is so cute. You've, you've solved some problems for us. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we, a lot less intensively. <laughs> exactly. Um, we've taken up so much of your time, and as we've established, you are a very busy woman. Um, I'm so excited. I really can't overstate how awesome the space is. As you said, like you know, the this. I love it when something that's a disappointment, like a grocery store leaving Binghampton, suddenly becomes this huge glowing silver lining opportunity. So um, it's just, it's so beautiful. If you have not been to the space, reach out to Lee, become a volunteer. It's a great way if you're not an eighth grader to get to go and have a great time. (laughs) Um, Let us know how we can help your work. And I hope that everybody listening um, goes to the website today and says, I can't wait to be a volunteer. Oh, thank you, New Memphis. I love y'all. You're great. Love you too. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lee. Thanks. All right. Well, you just listened to an incredible interview with our good friend Lee Mansberg over at Junior Achievement. Uh, as we said, uh, please go to their website, learn more about how you can volunteer. Um, we've got a couple of exciting things coming up here at New Memphis. Um, so, Jamie, I'm going to kick it over to you. As our community engagement lead, you have put together an exciting new, well, it's really not a new event. It's an event that we do a few times a year, but it's always fresh and exciting no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We've got Memphis 101 coming up March 14th. That is a Tuesday. It'll be at the Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame. And it's basically a crash course into all things Memphis. So whether you're new to Memphis, whether you've been living in Memphis for a while, this is going to be a really, really fun opportunity to network with other folks and also just enjoy a really, really great presentation about the city you live in. Um, Also coming up this spring is our Celebrate What's Right series. Uh, We're doing a Celebrate What's Right on entrepreneurship that we have uh, very cleverly titled Risky Business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That'll be on April 6th. That is a lunch event. Um, You can learn more by going to our website. Jessica Tavo from Epicenter will be moderating and it will be a panel of experts who will give us some insight into uh, entrepreneurship in Memphis. I'm excited about this luncheon. So if you're listening and you're curious about what the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial ecosystem looks like today, kind of in the wake of COVID, um, there have been some really 
um, invigorating new investments and players that um, I certainly didn't know about until recently. Um, so if if you've heard if you've heard tell of some of these announcements, if you're on the Epicenter newsletter list, you might say, "What what is that thing?" But um, it's going to really focus on what is new in the entrepreneurial community, and so I, I, it's it is not to be missed. Yeah, and it will be at Botanic Gardens at Harden Hall and. Uh Hopefully we'll have some some beautiful spring flowers to enjoy as well. I'm oh, so yeah. ready for that. <laughs> well, if you would like to learn more about either of those events, um, all uh, those events are free, but we ask you to register so that we know you're coming and we can plan for you. Go to newmemphis.org. Um, Memphis 101, again, uh, a regular offering of ours, but is always a fantastic opportunity for people who might be new to our community. It's a, um, I always say it's it's the perfect introduction to the Memphis, to what what is Memphis and how we got to where we are today and where we want to go. All right. Well, I think that we've, I think we've done it. I think, I we've, think we've, it. we've said very, very excellent, you know, m- many times. So it's great, great. It's great, great. We're excited, excited. Hello, hello. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Memphis, we will see you back here for another episode of Meanwhile in Memphis on Tuesday of next week. Uh, if you want to tell us, give us suggestions uh, or uh, share ideas for future episodes, you can send that to info at newmemphis.org. We'll see you soon. Bye. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.